Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hi everyone, welcome to LawPod. I'm Ruby. Today I'm joined with Tamara and Aoife. We are the Women in Law team and we are going to be talking about common questions both for undergrads and postgrads. Hello. Hi. Before we get stuck into the questions, shall we just introduce ourselves? Yeah, I'm Ruby. I'm level two undergraduate student on the Law LLB programme at Queen's. I'm Aoife. I'm currently a trainee solicitor at Caldwell Robinson Solicitors in Derry. I graduated from the M-Law in Queen's last year, which was the conversion course, and I'm currently at the IPLS. I'm Tamara and I also did the M-Law. I'm at the IPLS at the moment too and I'm a trainee solicitor in TLT in Belfast. The first question came in is the best way to study for exams. So I wonder, Ruby, you might be the best person to answer that. We're out of the practice of exams at the minute. Yeah, so studying for exams is a tricky question, especially since the pandemic. The exams have moved to online. I've had to deal with coursework, multiple choice quizzes and online take-home exams, which are roughly around 48 hours. Queen's really provides excellent lectures and material on step-by-step approaches to academic writing. So I'll just give a more practical advice on these kind of tests. First, for coursework, I think the key thing is disciplining yourself to working it continuously from the data it comes out. That can be hard because you can get sick of working on the same piece of work for so long, but you have to chip away at it. A lot of lecturers recommend leaving aside one week just for reading and research before you even start writing. So maybe that's something that you could implement into your studying. For multiple choice quizzes, if you ever come up against these, you will luckily have two attempts and a lot of the research goes in in between these tries. But I find the lecture notes are really helpful for those kind of tests. For take-home exams, you'll have to hit the ground running because obviously you don't have as long a period to complete them. So definitely be familiar with your material and have it all together so that you can start straight away. I would say that the style of exam dictates really what the examiner is looking for in your submission. If it's a problem question, be methodical, clear, back up your answers with authority. Essays, definitely about being critical. I think we can all say that's kind of like a minefield that you have to navigate and it'll just get better with experience. Yeah, I think especially with being critical in assessments, you want to put your own spin on it as well. I know mm-hmm. that quite a lot of the lecturers like you to say why you have decided to go with a certain opinion and obviously back that up with case law. But you don't necessarily have to go with what you think the right answer is. It's about providing the strongest argument. We had continuous assessment, so no take-home exams, no exams at all, actually. Mm-hmm. And... What I found helpful was that when the lecturer gives you the questions that you will be asked, don't just choose one that you have most notes on. You're better to choose one that you're passionate about, that you want to learn more about, because you're going to be spending a lot of time researching and writing on that topic. And if you get the questions before the lecturer has given you the lecture, make sure you really pay attention (laughs) during the lecture if you know that you're going to choose that topic to write on and also ask any questions in class if you think there's something that you'd like to say or maybe case law that you've come across 
before the lecture than during the lecture say, oh, you know, I read about this case. Is this applicable? Maybe try to get a steer on if you're going along the right lines and stuff like that. That would kind of be my tip for anyone doing the MLAW. Yeah. And then just, I suppose, on exams, I'm sure we'll talk about the IPLS at some point, but I think a study group is something that really helped us. Like, that's the only experience that Tamara and I have had of exams. As you say, everything was just coursework to get a study group together. Because I think when you teach it to other people, you really understand it if you can explain it to somebody else. So to sit down with people who are studying for the same exam, I think... Just being able to have those conversations about it rather than just sitting down with your file, highlighting, writing out notes. It doesn't go in that way, but for me anyway. And I think talking through it makes it just feel less scary when you're sitting down with people talking about being stressed and just getting over those barriers together. I think that really helped us with the entrance exam anyway. Definitely. And I think it gives you more confidence in knowing that you're along the same lines as everyone else because you could be sitting reading your notes and thinking, am I right by saying these are the rules to apply and only speaking through it with your peers you come away and you go actually yeah I am right I do know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. and you just get over that fear of getting it wrong yeah it gives you a bit of confidence Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, definitely so you mentioned the IPLS can you tell us a bit more about what that is so the institute is the institute of professional legal studies the IPLS and anyone who wants to become qualified as a barrister or solicitor in Northern Ireland has to go down that route. So Aoife, do you want to talk a bit about the exam? Yeah, so the entrance exam is in December, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The end of December. I think ours was like the 15th or 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in the PEC in Queens. It's in those two big sports halls. And there's a three-hour exam in the morning and it covers civil, criminal and land law. And then there's a one-hour exam in the afternoon and that's English, but it's really only grammar and then maths. You set those exams, you can get tuition, both myself and Tamara. We had different tutors for the mm-hmm. exam. You have to pay for it. It's expensive, but I do think if you're able to, would you agree that like it's definitely worth it to get the tuition? Definitely worth it. I think there's definitely a strategy yeah. to completing the exam in time and, you know, what you're looking out for and ways to mm. answer. So tuition is, is definitely worthwhile. Also, just going back to the points about study groups, there were three of us sitting the exam. One of the girls is now in the bar course and Aoife and I are both trainee solicitors. We had three different tutors Mm -hmm. and we decided every Monday afternoon after Mm -hmm. our final lecture that we would just literally book a study room in the law school and we would sit and do a pass paper. Mm -hmm. And that really, really helped that we were able to chat about what each of our tutors had said, get, you know, different tips that maybe you don't get from one tutor over another. And I think that the three of us, it's fair to say we all had different strengths. I Mm -hmm. think you were brilliant at land law. I just would not go into my head until you kind of explained some of the answers to me. And Lisa was brilliant at the maths. Yeah, I was very nervous about maths. Yeah, it's not my strong point. Yeah, no, me neither. And then I was, I think I was all right at the grammar bits. So I think, again, going back to what we were saying, explaining it to each other, being able to speak about it, just built our confidence up. And as you say, it's a strategy exam. Mm-hmm. It's, it obviously does test your knowledge of the law, but I think it's about, as you say, knowing it's negatively marked. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything unless you're sure. I mean, there's so many tips we could go into. Yeah, but it's like a whole different podcast yeah, itself. I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so the exam, you said the exam, and then in... February I think it was the 28th of February we were sitting in a land law lecture mm-hmm. and we got the email with the first round offers and I was terrified to open mine <laughs> so yeah you get your first round offers and then 
there's some people who maybe won't take that and there's second round offers that come later on. So basically to get into the Institute, you're ranked on your score from the exam and then also secure a master. So that's a solicitor who's been qualified for, I think, five years who is willing to take you on as a trainee. Then you start in the September, you're in the office from September to December. Then you go into the IPLS, you're in pretty much, I mean, we have a few private study sessions but it's pretty much class Monday to Friday nine to five yeah right up till April two weeks off at April then back in the institute up till June spend the summer in the office and then back in the institute until Christmas and you do your your exit exams then yeah and then it's the last kind of six months as a trainee and then if you've passed your exit exam done everything you need to do then you become qualified I think uh, so it's a two-year jaunt really isn't it yeah mm. I think by the time you get onto the roll and stuff it's really mm. the October November of the following year so yeah pretty much two years okay shall we look at another question that came in so let's see how can I start working on employability during my studies Ruby do you want to maybe take that yeah. from someone who's still studying It's a daunting task to start working on employability sometimes when you're already struggling with just getting through the basics of your studies, especially in first year. That's how I find it. Definitely with Queen's, they have a Law 1000 where you can hear about vacation schemes, undergraduate programmes, extracurricular clubs. I think firstly, the best way to start is to stick to what interests you. That's the only way you're really going to stay committed to anything you sign up to. Personally, I really enjoyed debating, so I signed up to the Queen's external moot team. But I also like learning about law in terms of how it interacts with others, and I get to explore that now through the podcast. The second tip I would give is not to oversubscribe yourself. I think it's very easy to do in first year when you have all these excellent opportunities open to you but remember that at the end of the day employers are looking for a basic 2-1 degree and that's your main goal. The third tip I would give is pick practical options. So you need to know what skills you want to improve for the future in terms of really beefing out your CV, maybe where you lack certain experience or whether you already have experience in a certain area. Mentor schemes are a really great way to do this. QB Women in Law have their own and so does Queen's. The fourth tip I would give is to think of long-term goals. So you need to know where you want to end up. I think if you're going to go into a commercial firm, as Tamara can touch on, then you definitely want to tap into commercial awareness and things like that. Whereas if you're going to maybe go down the route of doing the bar, then you need to be good at advocacy and thinking on your feet. Just touching on your moot stuff as well, within the first week of the IPLS, you do advocacy. Mm -hmm. And anyone who finds speaking in front of others daunting is really thrown in the deep end that was Um, me yeah (laughs) public speaking but it's actually really good I think they Mm. almost do it like an icebreaker so if it's something that you're interested in it's really good to partake in that and just with your experience in moot like if you decide to apply to the institute ruby I definitely think that will stand in good stead for your first week (laughs) (laughs) so we've had a question about studying for exams and we have another question here about making your own notes and as we were saying there are modules that are just coursework based and the importance there is having notes that you can go back to when you're writing your essays Ruby do you want to maybe talk about that you're in the midst of that now yeah definitely especially leading up to May when we have our coursework coming up Making notes is different for everyone. I definitely don't think there's any wrong or right way to do it. I mean, the bread and butter of note making really comes from lecture slides. They set out the structure of each topic and they're a very digestible way to get introduced to the different modules, but they can provide you with all of the knowledge that you need. 
and definitely not the critical analysis aspect that you need in your essay writing. So on top of taking notes in lectures, you know, any kind of case law that your lecturer might refer you to to try and get more depth into a certain topic, I think you have to tackle the um, sometimes dreaded textbook reading. Tutorials are a really good way at breaking down a textbook into bite-sized chunks as you address different topics within a module. So I would definitely invest time in answering your tutorial questions well and often you'll find yourself referring back to them when you're writing, for example, as you said, your coursework. The only no-go, I would say, in terms of note-making is to get sucked into taking down every detail from a textbook. I definitely was one to do this in first year, but you can't condense all that material into a word count at the end of the year. So you have to be tactical, prioritise lecture slides first, any notes that your lecturer makes then when you're being taught and then lastly the textbook reading. I always find as well actually that a topic that I really enjoyed I did more research and wrote more notes on but do you have any topics at the minute that would be your favourite Ruby? Yeah, so this year I have six year-long modules, so you definitely have a long time to sink your teeth into each one. Personally, I'm attracted to how the law impacts people as opposed to more corporate-based subjects. I just struggle to engage with those. But family law is one thing I'm really interested in this year, and I think you kind of see those play out in everyday life. So even if you haven't studied law, you probably have a fair idea of how, for example, divorce, adoption, parenthood, you know, childcare, all of those things happen in day-to-day life. I'm also interested in practicing as a barrister or solicitor and I'm quite familiar with family law practice so I think that also helps in terms of what you're interested in. We had Professor Claire Archibald on the podcast a while ago and her advice was always that you should ask yourself if you're more about the deal or the story. So the deal would be more contract, corporate type subjects and the story would be more claimant based and I think that's a good motto in terms of knowing which subjects you'll be more comfortable with. But yeah, family law is the front runner so far. So we have another question here about training contracts. Could you tell us a bit about how you would go about getting a training contract? To be honest, I think really every firm's application process is very different. I know Aoife and I had very different uh, mm-hmm. applications. I can speak a bit from my experience with TLT. So I had applied online and they were actually very quick to get back which is really nice whenever you kind of want to know what the next stages are and what you need to prep for. So they had emailed me to say I was through to the next stage and they wanted me to carry out a Watson Glacier test, which is a critical thinking process. And I think I had 24 hours to do that in. I heard back from them, I think even the day after, to say that I was through to the next stage. And... The next stage, which was also the final stage, was an assessment day in their offices in Belfast. So I went in on the Monday and we were all asked to prepare for an individual interview, a group interview and also a 15 minute presentation. So it was pretty intense, but, you know, it was all done in one day. The presentation was on the topic you were interested in that you could speak about with a legal perspective. For me, that was quite good because everyone has their own passions. And if you can then just apply your legal knowledge to that and talk about it, then you're on to a winner. The individual interview was, I think it was about 30 minutes long. Like it was a long interview, but really interesting. They asked a bit about 
what I had done at uni. I am a career changer, so they had asked about my previous experience. And that was one thing I'd have to say that I was a bit nervous on because I had thought maybe because I'm not fresh out of school and fresh out of uni with an undergrad, (laughs) you might not actually be interested in me. But for anyone that is in the same position as me and is a career changer, you have so many transferable skills and interviewers and firms are really interested in hearing about different skills that you've maybe developed over the years that you can then apply to your role in law. One thing I'd say is I definitely wouldn't be worried about that. The group interview was very like Dragon's Den. Uh, (laughs) I think there were four of us in a group and we were given three case studies of different businesses that the firm would want to invest in and you had to choose which one you'd back and why and that was only really 15-20 minutes so that was the day done and I got a call at 9am on the Wednesday morning to say that I'd been offered the training contract so for me it was amazing to have been told so quickly Mm -hmm. because I know different firms have different timelines so that's definitely one plus for TLT in my opinion and that time is so stressful because you've passed the exam or was this before after this was before I did the exam but I think really for anyone you know that you have to get those three elements you Mm -hmm. have to get your training contract you have to get your 2-1 and you have to pass the institute exam so when you're putting yourself through that process on top of your day-to-day degree work (laughs) exams coming up assessments coming up there's a lot of pressure on you Mm -hmm. so to be given that feedback very quickly is definitely a winner but I know if yours was completely different to mine yeah so I actually didn't interview at all so the firm that I'm in is a mid-sized firm in Derry I started as a paralegal there about a year before so our law classes were just on a Monday so that meant I had Tuesday to Friday free I think this is the way that a lot of firms find their trainees because they maybe only take on one or two trainees a year they might not take on any so they want to make sure that you fit into the firm and how you sort of slot into the team in a way this is easier because you don't have the big pressure of an interview like your experience tomorrow (laughs) sounds terrifying to me I don't think I could cope with that but in another way as well my whole time as a paralegal is like a massive interview Mm -hmm. you know and I don't mean that to sound scary but you just want to prove to them that you have the skills and you have the ability to be a good trainee. So yeah, I paralegaled for about six months and then I got my offer for the Institute. Then they said to me, look, if you are interested in going for the solicitor role, we'd love to have you as a trainee here. And yeah, that was it for me. A lot less stressful. (laughs) So I guess the interview's maybe not the only difference between mine and Tamara's firms. So Tamara, big commercial firm, what's your kind of day-to-day like? So Generally, with commercial firms, you do set seats, usually four seats over the two years when you're in office. My first seat uh, was actually split between planning and environment and employment. And I really like the seat structure. It really works well for me because it's very structured. That's what you're concentrating on for those three, four months that you're in office. And you get an in-depth knowledge of that area of law. Since I've been at the Institute, I've actually heard of quite a lot of people like you, Aoife, that work across a lot of different disciplines in law. Mm. And it sounds really interesting, (laughs) but I quite like that I just have to stick to one. And when I go back in the summer, I will then move seats 
And the main thing with the seat structure is that you have both contentious and Mm non-contentious experience. So you're in family, aren't you? Yeah, so we don't really have seats. When I was a paralegal, I worked in family and matrimonial and that's kind of just where I've stayed. So yeah, the entire time that I've been there so far, my six months as a paralegal and my four months from September till Christmas, that's all been family. So that's divorce kind of what Ruby you've been saying is your favorite kind of area of law that's what I've been doing so yeah I think when I go back I'm either going to go into commercial or litigation I love judicial review this is something that we've been studying in the institute at the minute so I really hope I get to do a bit of that so yeah maybe slightly less structured but as you're saying Tamara every firm has to give you that experience of contentious and non-contentious law that's really interesting I think that's all we have time for today but a special thanks to everyone who contributed a question thank Thank you for anyone who listened. I hope that it was helpful for you today. Oh, just one more thing. UUB Women in Law are having their annual networking event. It's going to be on the 14th of March in the Canada Room and Council Chamber. So definitely come along. It'll be a really good night. We did it last year and it's really good for anyone that wants to apply for legal roles as there are many legal professionals there as well as a good few students and The event is primarily for networking, so you'll be able to chat to different professionals in different firms. And what we said last year was it was a great way of connecting on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. We have Lady Chief Justice as keynote speaker, and we will have some bubbles and canopy. So definitely come along. It'll be a good night. Make sure to follow QUB Women in Law on social media. The links will be in the show notes of this podcast. And keep an eye on the posters going up around campus where you can scan the QR code and apply for your place at the event. That's all from us. Bye. Bye. Bye.